Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 171 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B. Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come and do this podcast once again after an extended period of time. Uh, beyond uh, our circumstances, we were not able to do the podcast for a few weeks. But we thank you that we're back to do the podcast once again. Pray that you would guide us in our conversation. Pray to be a blessing to our audience. Help us to put out truth and uh, help us to make the church a little bit better, a little bit stronger through your word and through conversation in this podcast. And help us to uh, do everything according to your will and to conduct ourselves in a proper manner. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, amen, my brother. How you doing, brother? I'm surviving, brain. The you know you probably heard rumors, you know. But there were uh, rumors. There were rumors that you were still alive, and uh, I wasn't sure if they were true or not. But I guess we have confirmation now. I'm here. You know, I showed up, so <laughs> you know the answer to that. Yeah. Although yes. I felt like I was dying for three weeks, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but you but again, you know what? But you know what? I didn't need no boosters. I did not need any uh, extra shots or, you know, wear a hazmat suit or anything like that. So you're telling me that you used supplements, minerals, herbs, and natural immunity to defeat that nasty, nasty bug you had, that possibly bioweapon that you had? Is that what you're telling me? You know... I have to confess that, uh, yes, I did. Wow. Wow. I don't know if yeah, that's going to be any popular with, you know, a lot of folks. But I, I thought we were supposed to die. We didn't get the shot and a bunch of boosters. Like You know what? I thought the same thing. Boosters or something. I figure I'll go ahead and give it a shot, you know, and praise the Lord, by God's grace and mercy, I'm still here. He, he still wants me here, bro, so... So God made our body to actually heal itself after all. That is correct. <laughs> it's float, It's cold and flu season. And yeah, there's still that bioweapon out there called COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know what? You don't have to. Look, um, I was reading in uh, John F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, mm-hmm. and how they were... Um, how the big money in pharma and pharma, big pharma and uh, the medical industrial complex, uh, mainly Fauci and his boys, um, how they were 
basically suppressing anything that was effective against COVID and safe and promoting anything that was, was ineffective against COVID and dangerous. Um, case in point, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, safe and effective, and tons and tons of clinical evidence to support that. Uh, but they suppressed that. Why? Because they couldn't make money on it. Uh. And then promoting remdesivir, which in clinical trials, 40% of the animals that uh, they gave remdesivir had kidney failure. And then upon having kidney failure, that in, uh, caused the lungs to fill up with water and um, killed the... the uh, the uh, subject, the clinical clinical subject, mm. and the fact that um, I mean I'm reading reading this highly documented information, and uh, also learned that uh, in that I was thinking about Dr. Campbell because he read this entire book. But anyway, um, also the fact that when the NIH, Fauci and the boys did their clinical studies, they were tainted because they the placebo, which is supposed to be basically sugar water, was um, spiked, I guess you could say, with toxins mm. to make the remdesivir look better. All documented, folks, all clearly. Get the book, The Real, An An the Real Anthony Fauci by uh, John F. No, is it Robert F. Kennedy Kennedy Jr. Yeah, Robert F. And read it. Read it. It's all documented. He's got pages and pages and pages of footnotes documenting all this stuff. Um, yeah, you cannot trust the medical establishment and your government any longer when it comes to this stuff. And we got to wake up and have some discernment as Christians and as a church and stop being um, naive about things. We really do. Because we're, what we're doing is we are not um, operating in truth if we don't do that. Mm. We're promoting we're promoting a lie, and and that's a that's a violation of God's commandments. We don't do that. Mm. Um, yep. I I I'll give an example. I I was on blood pressure medication, right? Uh, as one example, and uh, high high blood pressure. Um, and on a statin and but the combination of those two made me feel horrible most of the time mm. the side effects were really bad i went to a place called albemarle nutrition out here and a really really neat place uh the folks there that run that store know their stuff they have i mean they really know nutrition and they understand the human body and i said do you have anything that I can replace my blood pressure medication and a statin with. And they said, yeah. So I start, I dumped the medication and started taking that felt a hundred percent better. Went to have a, have a checkup this last, last um, week or so brother. And the results, mm -hmm. but blood pressure was that of a healthy 20 year old. What? Normal. Normal. Praise the Lord. No blood pressure medication. 
I did it with natural minerals and herbs and vitamins. What did your doctor think? I mean, I don't, did you share that you actually? Had well, I have a that? brand new, brand new doctor. Okay. So they didn't. I mean, they were still trying to get to know me as a patient. But oh, okay. So my doctor that I had back in California, um, he has no, has no, he doesn't know, doesn't mm. know. Oh, okay. But but look, why why do? And this is my theory. Just my theory, folks. Take it with a grain of salt. But why do they make medications that give you other issues that you have to take other medications to resolve those issues? Well, think about it. If you're marketing, if your job is to market pharmaceuticals, what do you want to do? You want to have people taking as many pharmaceuticals as possible to make as much money for the company as possible. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? You engineer a pharmaceutical that will cause three or four other problems when it's resolving one problem, causing people to have to take other medications to take care of the symptoms or the issues created by the other pharmaceutical. Uh, and that way you, you're increasing your profit margin. You see, folks, if you have under the delusion at this point, even after going through this first pandemic, pandemic uh, 1.0, if you're under the illusion that the medical uh, industrial complex is about taking care of the patient rather than making money and um, having a, and, and trying to gain power and authority over society, uh, as uh, case in point, WHO. FDA, CDC, uh, as they've been trying to push for shutdowns and everything else and try to completely control your life. If you think they're for you, um, you need to kind of reassess your your paradigm because that's not what they're there for. Now, the individual nurses or individual nurses, maybe individual doctors working in the hospitals before, they many of them may have that mentality where they want to help the patient. I know my wife does, but they're working for a medical establishment that isn't about that. And most hospital administrators are not doctors. They're business people. They're trying to run a business in the hospital. Remember that because to them, the bottom line is profit margins, And if there are people uh, who are unethical, people who are immoral, people who, um, you know, money is everything and they're willing to kill patients to get more money from the federal government. You know, I mean, when when they're incentivized to um, have COVID deaths because if they can have COVID deaths, they can, for each one, they get a check from the, the government to their hospital, um, which is what's happening. And so they call anything, they'll call everything COVID, or they'll put you, in, they'll, they'll test you. You come out positive because the PCR test picks up dead DNA. Mm-hmm. And it's not designed to pick up COVID. It, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a lie. And so those tests do not determine COVID. It's just that a lot of them are false positives. A lot of them are false positives. So they put you in a COVID ward. They give they they uh, intravenously give you remdesivir, 
and it eventually kills you. This has been documented, folks. This is not me just spouting off against the medical industry. This has been documented. And this is not a, an attack against doctors or nurses who are trying to do the right thing, but they are under a system where they're not allowed, like the doctors, they're not allowed to um, prescribe medication off schedule like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine because the the administration of the hospital will allow it. The CDC and the FDA puts pressure on the administrators of the hospitals. Uh, they, they, on a national level for the United States, what they did was they um, said, you cannot give ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, which is very effective and safe. Uh, you can only give remdesivir. And if you look at the case studies on this, you'll find out that that is horrible, absolutely horrible. Remdesivir is toxic to the body, toxic, and it destroys the liver fast, really mm. fast. And uh, and that's why people are, are matter of fact, the nurses uh, I read have a, a term for remdesivir when once you go on remdesivir. Um, and the, the, the term is run, death is upon us. That's mm. what they call remdesivir, a lot of these nurses. Yeah. Um, and they know it. They know what's going on. But they're under a system that puts pressure on them. You know, you conform or you go become a, a greeter at Walmart or something because you're not going to be in a medical field any longer. Hmm. Right. So this, you know, so you have this kind of stuff going on. So, I might, you know. I really think it's time for Christians to wake up and stop being naive and stop being um, just oblivious to what's happening around them, because yeah. that's not what the church is called to do. The church is called to engage in the culture, to engage in, in society with the gospel. And that doesn't mean a cheap gospel with a cheap press presentation and a fast cheap declaration of salvation that's that's not the gospel that's not how you do it that means a full engagement in society saying you know that hey god commands that we conduct business this way that we have a society that's like this this is what god requires but we're not out there doing that Mm. And, and, and we're giving, and the gospel is a, is a cheap trick the way we present it. We're not going to people saying, now, if you, if you come to Christ, you're going to pay a price. Understand you're going to pay a price when, when, when you are one of his, yeah, there's a, there's a price to that. But the rewards far outweigh the price. Now, we say, come and have an abundant life. We, we have all these positive messages. And then, you know, the fake converts come in and they, they start to experience some of the downsides of being a Christian. Like you're going to be persecuted, like you're going to be, you know, there's, there's, there's problems that come in and uh, they're out the door pretty fast. Mm. They, you know, or if they can go in and they could um, establish uh, 
a business front in the church, you know, go in and get clients for their business or whatever they're doing and they're getting clients, they'll stick around because now they have a good business model going because they got, got a lot of customers right there in the church. You'll see that happening too. All kinds of things going on like that. Remember, the church is filled with goats and sheep. Mm-hmm. And the goats are pretending to be sheep. I've gone off on a tangent, but the thing is, is that we need to wake up to this stuff. And we're going to talk about this in this podcast, brother. You know what, bro? Let's get into that. I mean, you, you, although you went that direction, but I mean, that's the direction we were heading anyways. Um, Goats and sheep in the church. Now, why is it that we have goats and sheep in the church, brother? And it's because uh, the church to some degree has adopted you were talking about government, right? Creeping right. into the churches and the church is accepting that, you know, quote unquote, help or assistance or blah, 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 you, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and which makes the church extremely vulnerable, right? Because now, well, we're getting help from the government. You know, we're going to cut them a little bit of slack, you know, Romans 13, Romans 13, right? The government never, right, yeah, that, that one. But the government never gives you anything without requiring something else down the road from you. Absolutely. They, they don't They don't just give you anything, folks. There's a price for taking anything from the government. Nothing is free. <laughs> it's not free. Uh, the exception would be a pension plan, which you've earned, Social Security, which you've been paying into all your all of your life, that's mm-hmm. not a freebie. You've been paying into that. Medicare, right. you've been paying into it the whole time you've been working. That's different. But when the government says, oh, we're going to give you free solar panels, and all you got to do is be a part of this program. Yeah. <laughs> They're all called programs, right? Yeah. You might want to, <laughs> you might want to uh, really assess that situation. Mm-hmm. Because the government can come back later and say, "Well, you know, we gave you uh, these free, uh, these free, uh, you know, panels for your house, but uh, you know, down in the fine print down there, yeah, you now you're going to have to owe us something. Now there's now there's an attachment, right? Uh, I mean, don't think that doesn't happen. And usually it's through the IRS." Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're going to, oh, yeah, there's a charge now. If you receive this freebie from the government, uh, yeah, there's a, there, you got to have to fill out this form, report that to the IRS, and now there's a right. charge. Right. Right. So it's a roundabout way of, uh, oh, yeah, it's free. It's free. No, it's not free. It's people's tax money that you're taking. And number two, they're going to probably take it out of your hide down the road. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, oh, the government's not like that. Government's not like that. They don't do those kind of things. Want me to run through some of these programs about the government, brother? Let's get into them, bro. All right. So here's some of the things that government does. Uh, And this is 10 that I picked out. There's a, I probably have, I don't know, 30 or 40 different (laughs) programs written down here on a piece of paper. I'm sorry, writing them out. But here's 10. This is uh, the first one is Project Echelon. Echelon. It's it was a top secret NSA program, and guess what they were doing? 
they were spying on America's allies, America's enemies, and United States citizens. Wow. So according to the latest note and revelations and a report from the Intercept, this this article is a little bit. Some of these articles are dated, but get the con. But most people don't know about this stuff. According to the latest note and revelations and a report from the Intercept, NSA GCHQ's top secret surveillance program, Project Echelon, it's E C H E L O N, has been spying on U.S. allies, enemies, and its citizens. You ready for this, brother? Hit me. For the last fifty years. It's now, is it, is, sorry, sorry to interject. Isn't this uh, one of the programs that Snowden found out about and yeah. he basically whistle blew this? Yep. He's been accurate. He's been very accurate. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, it's been called the first ever automated global mass surveillance system. Mm. It started back in 1988. And uh, says uh, it's been spying on us for over for the last 50 years, and it has enabled the United, UK and United Kingdom and the United States to track its, their enemies, allies, and its citizens. How fast can they make us an enemy? Oh, all they have to do is report us to the Homeland Department of Homeland Security as mm. a, a, a terrorist threat. Sure. I.e., parents who complain to the school board about, I don't know, curriculum in the school. <laughs> Suddenly, they become a terrorist threat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They can. So this is when you have corruption in government, which we have a ton of it in government right now. This is how they play the game. So uh, the next one is called Committee of Three Hundred, and uh, what that is is that's in Europe, and the Committee of Three Hundred are three hundred. Um, persons who come from the royal families of Europe and uh, they basically run Europe uh, and they, they try to run the world you know Japan they have didn't have much success with Japan according to John Coleman other than that relationship with Emperor Haruto it does not appear that Committee of 300 exercised much influence in Japanese affairs Japan's always been kind of shut off and isolated anyway as far as they're wanting to have anything to do with the rest of the world. <laughs> but when it comes to trade, they've, they've opened up, you know, because they made a lot of money on it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the council <clears throat> secretly uh, ran the government, um, governments in Europe and so forth. Uh, it's also able to access uh, uh, program. Let's see. It said, well, this is uh, Bryce Taylor. This is a quote from Bryce Taylor. Quoted by Jim Keith, I'll read this. What many of the CIA may or may not have been aware of was that a powerful group of men, whom I will call the council, secretly ran the government. The council was also able to access me and had programmed me to subversively influence top government officials in ways that benefited them. The CIA's latest technology was being used against our own government. <clears throat> the, the council studied people's psychological profiles and knew exactly what their likes and dislikes were. Their sexual preferences, what perfumes they liked, and any other information that could be used to influence individuals in ways in which they were never even aware. The council would pre-program me with instructions, all based on careful research of the targeted person of what to wear, how to act, 
what type of sexual stance to take, specific words or phrases to say, and the best time to deliver them. The council always worked up a complete strategy and never sent me to a person unprepared. So this is, they do psychological profiles. Uh, they do all this stuff. They, they know how to get to a person. They know how to influence people. Every, this is uh, Dr. John Coleman. Okay. Every royal and so-called European noble uh, dynasty past and present has seats on the committee of 300, most often by way of nominees. For instance, the Hohenzollern dynasty might be represented by Edward, the Duke of Kent, the Braganza, the Braganzas uh, by the Duke of York, and so on. There are just too many of these royal families for them all to have direct seats on the Committee of 300. But the thing to remember is the order of rank, first the royal families, uh, and then, uh, or the royal family members, then dukes, earls, marquess, and lords, and then finally the commoners. We'd be commoners, brother. <laughs> We'd be commoners. <laughs> Here's a, a Dr. Coleman. I'll just do one more quote. Dr. Coleman again, by the early 1920s, the 300 through the Rothschilds had a stranglehold on the biggest gold and diamond fields in the world. Now the committee of 300 had at its disposal both the vast fortune coming from the drug trade and the equally vast fortune of min minerals and materials wealth of South Africa. So this is how they gain power. They gain, they, they control the uh, commodities, basically. And, yeah. and we're talking about some of these folks being tr trillionaires with a T. Mm. Um, and so we'll move on. We're just giving examples, folks, to help you understand that what we trust in way too much as a church is um, the domain of the, of the pure evil of men. And I'm not going to say Satan's domain because I believe Satan's been deep sixed already <laughs> yeah. after the resurrection of christ satan has been deep deep six folks but uh but men are still capable of the most horrible evil operation chaos that's a good one huh operation operation chaos, chaos. i like that actually yeah, this is a, this was a cia program that spied on guess who starts with an a ends with an s As Astronauts. <laughs> Man, how do they get spies up there in space? I don't know. <laughs> Markins, brother. Markins. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't say Martians. I said Markins. Americans. Americans. Yeah, I should say Americans. Those Americans. Yeah, I'm in North Carolina. I say Americans. Americans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, the CIA has engaged in so much illegal and absurdist activity that sometimes it's difficult to discern fact from conspiracy. Did, these, mm. did the CIA experiment with LSD as a mind control substance? Absolutely, they did. Yeah. Did the CIA create HIV AIDS? Well, actually, that one was a <laughs> KGB operation. To, Put, put that one on the CIA to make them look bad. Right. But uh, one of the illegal things the CIA did do is engage in domestic espionage and target people in the United States. <clears throat> now, do you think they're not still doing that today? Mm. At the very least, this activity occurred from 1964 to 1974, but the actual start and end dates are foggy. 
intelligence was compiled on over 300,000 people with individual files on over 7,000 U.S. citizens. Wow. And I'm not going to go into all the details that went into that. But as you can see, in the hands of people who um, believe that the end justifies the means, this is what you get. Operation no. Gladio. Uh, this one's from, this is an Italian one. This is, this is uh, out of Italy. Mm. And uh, what they did was uh, Gladio and its stay behind networks may be one of the most historically accepted or confirmed examples of false flag terrorism. The documentation, the resolutions, confessions, and convictions all confirm that Gladio is much more than the media or government would have you to believe, a mere conspiracy theory. See the State Department's special site dedication to dismissing conspiracy theories, including their page on Gladio. If they're trying to dismiss it, it's probably true. The truth, <laughs> truth movers should take advantage of Gladio and the stay behind networks as a con confirmed precedent of the U.S. and Western governments participating in ruthless terrorist attacks against their own people in order to instill fear, control the population, and frame left-wing political opponents. So fear is a big component. Uh, this, this whole um, pandemic, which, by the way, is called the Operation. I have it over here. Let me take a look real quick there's a name for it too that would be let's see if i wrote it down i thought i did well it's uh it, there's a p3cl nih which is a secret uh, panel in the uh, national institutes of health that puts this it's all called project bioshield mm. anyway um People who believe that such things do not or cannot happen should be forcefully made aware of such examples as Operation Gladio. And uh, so here's an example. Uh, August, uh, August the 2nd, 1980, bombing of the Bologna train station, which killed 85 people, is widely recognized as a Gladio operation, government operation. The government did that. Yeah. And people say, oh, there's no way our, why our government did 9-11. No way our government did 9-11. You sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> While it was initially blamed on the communist red brigades, they always blame on somebody else. That's why it's called a red flag operation. They do it, and then they blame it on someone else. Eventually, red, uh, red wing and fascist elements were discovered to be the culprits. Two Italian secret service agents and Lucille Galli, the head of the infamous P2 Masonic Lodge, were convicted in connection to the bombing. Convicted, folks. Hmm. Went to court and were convicted. So if you say, oh, that never happened, they were convicted. <laughs> in the court of law. In so that's just an example. Yeah. There's, a, there's a, I, I'm looking at, I don't know, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about, about 10, almost nine or 10 of those type of uh, incidents that were wow. connected to Operation Gladio. Next one is Operation Northwoods. Operation Northwoods. And this was uh, during the uh, early 1960s, the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that. And Kennedy was dealing with all of that stuff. And the CIA came up with a suggestion. They wanted to invade Cuba, right? Mm -hmm. 
of course, the Bay of Pigs was was a failed operation, but they had a different. They they want to do even a full invasion, and Kennedy um, he exited out. And you say, why would they had an opportunity to kick Castro out? Why would they do that? Well, here's why. This is how they wanted to do it, and this is this was presented to Kennedy uh, in 1962. Mm. Operation Northwoods was a plan signed by the Chief Joints of, st- of Staff. This is the highest in our military. In 1962, was re- was rejected by then John, uh, President John F. Kennedy. Why? This plan, also known as the Cuba Project, was proposed in order to invade Cuba. They would justify this. Keywords. They would justify. How would they justify it? This is how they justify it. They would justify this invasion by staging Cuban terrorist attacks in Florida. They would stage the attacks and blame it on Cuba. Terrorist attacks in Florida. Our own government was planning on doing this. Uh, And in Washington, D.C. as well. The government and the military had plans. Get this, brother. We've had these school shootings lately, and everybody's moaning and groaning about school shootings. Why are... You know, we got a problem in society with guns and these. Hold on, folks. In 1962, they had drawn up plans to shoot up schools. The government drew these plans up to shoot up our schools, blow up drone commercial airlines, and also stage a fake raid on Guantanamo Bay in order to justify an invasion of Cuba. Our government had those plans. Kennedy said no. Mm. What happened to Kennedy? <laughs> he was shot. He was shot in Texas, right? In yep. Dallas. And they found somebody to blame for that, right? Yep. Put him in jail. And, yeah. Is that another false flag operation? Okay, folks, this is not this is not pie in the sky. This is not weird land. This is not X Files. Although some of the things on X Files are probably actually true. <laughs> uh, this is reality. I mean, this is we know these are these declassified documents. I'm sitting here with the actual real document. It says unclassified on it. 13 March 1962 memorandum from the Secretary of Defense. Subject justification for U.S. military intervention in Cuba. One. The Joint Chiefs of Staff have considered the attached memorandum for the Chief of Operations Cuba Project, which responds to a request of that office for brief but precise description of pretext, the things I just told you about, which would provide justification for U.S. military intervention in Cuba. And the pretext was shoot up schools, down some commercial airliners, and blame it on Cuba. Okay, so we'll move on from there and uh, go into the next one. I know this is going to be a little bit longer, brother, but uh, it takes a little while to get through these. That's okay, bro. We got time. So this is uh, this one is a CIA secret quest for mind control, torture, LSD, and a prisoner uh, in chief. And this is this operation was called MK Ultra, <clears throat> and MK Ultra. Hmm. Now, I'm going, this is history, folks. I'm not giving you what I think is happening today. I'm giving you what has actually happened and has, has already been declassified. We know about it. Um, 
MK Ultra was when they did uh, experiments for mind control because they found out the KGB, uh, the, the Soviets were working on mind control techniques for, to extract information out of people or to try and, uh, and uh, affect our society from inside of our society, inside out, right? And so what they did was um, they had experiments. And um, so MK Ultra, which operated from the 1950s until the early 60s, so we think they ended in the 60s, was created and run by a chemist named Sidney Gottlieb. It's G-O-T-T-L-E-I-B if you want to look it up. Journalist Stefan Kinzer who spent several years investigating the program, calls the operation the most sustained search in history for techniques of mind control. Um, some of Gottlieb's experiments were covertly funded at universities and research centers, while others were um, conducted in American prisons and in detention camps in Japan, Germany, and the Philippines. <clears throat> Many of his unwitting subjects endured psychological torture, ranging from electroshock, to high doses of LSD, and uh, that's according to research. Goblet, quote, Goblet went, wanted to create a way to seize control of people's minds, and he realized it was a two-part process. First, you had to blast away the existing mind. Second, you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that resulting void. We didn't get too far mm. on number two, but he did a lot of work on number one. So... So, yeah, and then, uh, so these people were ruined for life at that point. Anyway, he goes on and he says, uh, <laughs> he says, uh, Kinzer notes that the top secret nature of Gubbett's work makes it impossible to measure the human cost of his experiments. We don't know how many people died, but a number did, and many lives were permanently destroyed, he says. Ultimately, Gubbett conducted that mind control was not possible. He concluded that it was not possible. Um, after MK Ultra mm -hmm. shut down, he went on to lead a CIA program that created poisons and high-tech gadgets for spies to use. Sounds like 007 or something, doesn't it? Uh, Kanzer writes about Goblik and M MK Ultra in his new book, um, Poisoner in Chief. Man, we could talk. We could call Fauci <laughs> that, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, exactly. That is a yeah. good one, actually. It, this was reported, uh, this was September the 9th, 2019, when this came out. How many Christians knew about this? Uh, are we huh. see the problem is not a lot of problem them, is bro. we're too <laughs> locked into our sitcoms, too locked into YouTube, um, Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, uh, the propaganda end of information the mainstream media which you're not going to find the truth there it's it's all there's a lot of propaganda put, being put out in all mainstream media both conservative and liberal folks it's not just the liberal side yeah uh operation mockingbird they're going to mock or something. Yeah. That's an yeah, interesting, interesting name, yeah. Mockingbird. Well, this was – you'll find out why they call it Mockingbird. You, you, you don't have Mockingbirds. We, I didn't hear any Mockingbirds when I was out in San Diego with you guys uh, for all those many years that I was out there. But you come out here to the East Coast, you hear Mockingbirds. 
And man, they yeah. can they can make a noise. <laughs> but uh, this was the CIA's plan to infiltrate the media. Operation Mockingbird was an alleged CIA project that recruited journalists to write fake stories promoting government ideas while dispelling communist ones. So the, the CIA would feed the information to the journalists and they would that's what they would put out on the news. Now it's David Brock and Media Matters that feeds the media and they, they don't do anything unless David Brock... Hmm says this is what you put out because if they don't do what he says he turns around and he slams them on the back so he stabs them in the back and, and he, he makes them look really bad so you yeah, know there's yeah. there's ways of influencing people and we think that all oh, all these people are honest and just pure as a driven snow no they're not and uh, there's no way of knowing if we have cia operatives acting as news anchors today you know so right. moving right along you're gonna laugh at this one me being former navy this one's this one's, this uh -oh. one's called operation popeye <laughs> no joke. i'm popeye this i knew that was coming so yeah this was operation popeye and this was actually America's secret weather warfare project. And this was during, this was, yeah, this wow. was in Vietnam. This was an Air Force deal. Uh, as the United States became quagmired in its conflict with the Viet Cong in the late 1960s, one military operation looked at a way to use the literal morass against the enemy. Using weather control technology, the United States Air Force engaged in the only known militarization of meteorology in what would become known as Operation Popeye. And so trying to learn how to control the weather. Now, the cost of taxpayers, an estimated $15 million. Uh, that's not that much money anymore. Wow. But back in back in the 60s, that was, yeah, that was quite a bit of money. Was, right? yeah. Despite multiple hearings in Congress, military commanders, and even President Nixon, Nixon himself denied it existed at all. But now we do know because it's unclassified. Uh, the, the plan used yeah. cloud seeding technology, a technique commonly used today to disperse fog and induce rainfall in dry climates. But, you know, today they've gone far beyond that. There's rumors that there's technology where they could actually create a hurricane if they wanted to. They can control mm. the weather and, mm. you know, if you don't do what we want – uh, you know, that that west coast of yours, I don't know. Don't know what might happen. You know, kind of like that kind of deal where they're making threats. Yeah. This one's Operation uh, Paperclip, the next one. That was basically the one where they secretly brought Nazis over to the United States after World War II to work in our <clears> – <throat> these were scientists that they brought over. And they were Nazi That's sympathizers. Right. They That's were actually right. Nazis or Nazi sympathizers to work in our space program or a rocket program. Van Braun was was brought over by Operation Paperclip, the one that gave us the Saturn V rocket, which, by the way, folks, is the one that shot the astronauts off to the moon. And no, I'm not going to get into whether they actually went to the moon or not. 
I'm not, I'm not getting into that one. Uh, but uh, that was another operation. And what happened out of that is that a lot of these guys became professors in our universities. And guess what influence they had? Not good old U.S. US of A, uh, you know, founding fathers influence. It was German Nazi insurance. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. not insurance, influence in our, uh, you know, pushing that onto our kids. This next one, it's called Unit 731. Now, we've all heard of uh, the concentration camps in Germany and everything that was going on with those during World War II. And we've heard about, uh, you know, the experiments they were doing on people. How many folks, how many of you have heard of Unit 731? <laughs> At the same time that the Nazis were doing their thing in the concentration camps, like Auschwitz, guess who was doing stuff in Asia? The Japanese Imperial Army. Wow. And yep. they yep. were they were doing these things to you know Chinese and other Asians that when they would go in and conquer those areas or take over swaths of land over there. They would, this unit would go in and, and perform these experiments. For 40 years, the horrific activities of Unit 731 remained one of the most closely guarded secrets of World War II. It was not until 1984, interesting year that that, that was revealed, that uh, Japan acknowledged what it had long denied. 1984. George Orwell's 1984, right? Vile experiments on humans mm -hmm. conducted by the unit in preparation for germ warfare. Hmm. What are we dealing with now? Germ warfare. Deliberately infected the plague. Uh, they, oh, sorry. They deliberately infected with plague, anthrax, cholera, and other pathogens, and estimated 3,000 of enemy soldiers and civilians who were used as guinea pigs. Wow. Some of the more Amazing. horrific experiments included vivisection, without anesthesia and pressure chambers to see how much a human could take before eyes popped out. Horrible, horrific stuff. Uh, so don't think that governments can't do evil things, including ours. Well, the last one uh, that I was going to mention is current. And that's the one that the they keep having hearings in Washington about over gain of function with Fauci. Uh, it's the P3CO gain of function project BioShield. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they called the PrEP Act. If you want to have research folks, so you can look those things up. Uh, you can't, you're not going to find a whole lot on P3CO on Google, but if you get the book, the real Anthony Fauci, it's all documented in there. Basically, um, they had uh, these connections with it. Um, they were using this to do gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China, and also, guess what, folks? Ukraine, the most corrupt nation in Europe, um, filled with Nazis, by the way. That's why Russia went in there. Russia was being threatened by NATO, and then also they had the Nazi element in Ukraine. And they had to go in there and clear that up because they understood they had a bio threat in Ukraine. And they went in and took down those bio labs. Hmm. 
oh, that's a different story than everybody's getting on the mainstream media. But anyway, um, <laughs> so gain-of-function research is when they take a pathogen and they alter it on the molecular level, the DNA level. They, they alter it and try to make some kind of a bioweapon bio out of it. And so that research, that has been going on and it's, you know, now they're catching it and they're, they're exposing it. Uh, you know, and so there's, there's a lot of that going on. And I had mentioned here, um, uh, Mona Perevere, and that's, uh, they pushed that, which was a horse drug, by the way. And so they were pushing that medication, which was ineffective against COVID and all that. And, they were downgrading it, I vector, excuse me, sorry, ivermectin, my tongue's getting twisted, ivermectin, because they're saying it was a horse drug. So, oh, you don't take that, that's a horse drug. But take this other one, you know, it, it's a horse drug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the, the hypocrisy is amazing. So that that's Merck. So Merck created that. Then they're connected to UC Health Alliance, which connected to the deadly animal virus, which they put together pathogen, uh, and it's uh, and then uh, there was uh, the the HHS bought a whole bunch of that, one point two million dollars of it, one million courses, and 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 it's why because they get these deals that pharma, pharma, big pharma, and the government work together on this. It enriches big pharma. They make a lot of money, and the government just, you know, yeah. how many, remember the five hundred dollar toilet seat or whatever that was famous a while back. Yeah, because, you know, the bot they can they can really stick it to the government because that's taxpayers' money. You know, there was right. uh, there was uh, what was it? It was Remdesivir. I believe that's the one I was reading about. 98% mm. markup on price. It cost them, wow, it cost them a little bit over $17 to make it, but they charge over $700 to buy it per, per unit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it's time to wake up and stop trusting the government rather than trusting God. And that's the problem mm. with misinterpreting Romans 13. God never told us to obey a government that was in warfare against God or that was telling us to do something that's wrong. And th these days, it, these things are sophisticated. You can't just be on a simple level and think, oh, I'm doing the right thing. Uh, and I'm just going to stay oblivious to what's really going on. This information's out there, but nobody wants to take a look at it, or they just poo-poo it. Oh, that's that's just that's X Files stuff. That's just conspiracy, conspiracy theory stuff. By the way, a term made up by the CIA to discredit things that are being exposed that actually occurred in the government classified, and so the way they get around it is say, oh, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> you know, all these operations I've talked about were one at one time conspiracy theories. Okay. But now yeah. we find out they were real.
and I, I got tons more, but the point is we can't be naive about these things because if we are, the next thing you know, they're knocking on, on the church door and they're shutting us down and they're hauling us off to, you know, a FEMA camp or a concentration camp or whatever it might be. Now, I don't think any of that's going to happen because what's happening is they're being uh, exposed. See, the mistake I think the globalists made, brother, is they're trying to fulfill mm -hmm. uh, the Tim LaHaye, Hal Lindsey version of the Book of Revelation, the, the Left Behind series version of the mm. Book of Revelation. They're trying to mimic that and how they're doing things. So that, they have people believing that the you know the mRNA shot is the mark of the beast. Uh, they've got people believing right. that uh, they're going to put together one one world government, going to have one world currency, and all this. And they actually were trying to do that in fulfillment of those prophecies, which are not found in scripture, by the way. <laughs> and it's not found in scripture for for what we're looking at, you know. But anyway. Um, and so they thought that that's what all Christians believe and what they, you know. And so they're trying to fulfill that. But the problem is that's not in Scripture. That's not what Scripture says. And that's why the whole thing is falling apart. God is dismantling it. Mm. And, and I think this is going to be a lesson for believers to stop believing <sighs> uh, fairy tales that people try to project yeah. out yeah. of scripture and to stop reading into scripture things that are not there um you know it's it's just it's amazing it's just amazing how much that happens but we need to trust in god you know all we gotta we, we mm, gotta run and trust the vax trust trust mrna vax you know the government says we got to get it to 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 so we don't infect other people and all this and did anybody do their homework to find out what's going on with that before they stuck that in their bodies yeah. nope a lot of people thought that's that's loving your brother no, that's, that's loving just, your neighbor yeah, right yeah i mean <laughs> my, that might have been their intent and i i appreciate that intent but that was that was ignorant that that was yeah. that was causing more harm than it you're not loving your brother by promoting a lie yeah no absolutely and not only that brother the the, the bible calls us to be yeah. wise we got to be wise we have we got we have right. to have discernment yes we love people yes we love our neighbors but we have to be wise and we have to have discernment we still have to protect our loved ones. We still have to protect our families. You know, we have to stand on the word of God. Now, how much do you see? You know, obviously, we went through a paradigm shift in, in understanding the last days, madness, uh, dispensationalism, and all that stuff. Now, where we're at, do you see it that eschatology, the study of the last days, matters a whole lot. a tremendous amount because it, it it affects your entire outlook uh, of life it affects how you mm -hmm. view government how you how you view um world events uh it affects everything <clears throat> it really does yeah absolutely you know usually and usually a lot of people see it as a secondary issue right you're going to have a preliminary understanding of uh, the last days, about preterist understanding or, or covenant eschatology. But 
I see it more as a, it's not a secondary issue. It's more like a 1.5 issue, like a primary, and it's right there between, you know, almost a secondary issue to where that's how we are to understand Scripture, especially understanding uh, the last days according to right. Scripture. And, and I think the church will eventually get there, but it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a long time oh, because because we are so stuck in a false paradigm right now this this uh, futurist um, um, premillennial dispensational premillennialism is the biggest one in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know overseas it may not be, but right here it is, and uh, it's going to take a long time to for that particular understanding of eschatology to, to be obliterated. It's going to take a while. Oh, absolutely, and I think absolutely, and you said it. You know, a lot of people, the majority are are of that belief, futuristic dispensational, pre-millennial dispensationalism. Yeah. And I think that's what's making uh, uh, their approach to obviously understanding Romans 13 and giving the government, you know, Caesar to what if Caesar's. I think that's what that understanding, understanding yeah, is coming from, obviously. For us that have become covenant scatology, we see it from a different perspective. Right. And we're the ones who are going to be called the uh, uh, extremists. Right. We are the uh, you know, conspiracy theorists, right. right? But we're actually more of, no, we understand the last days right. according to Scripture, and we're applying that to our right. world now and how we are to live, and we are living in that understanding. And part of the problem that we're having with Romans 13 is that we're giving what belongs to God to Caesar. And how, oh, we, and how we That's interpret point, that, bro. yeah, we're giving what belongs to God yeah. to Caesar, and that we're not supposed to do that. Mm. That's huge. Yep. No. Yep. Uh, do you see, well, obviously, and we've spoken about the church going through a transition, more of a purging. I think God's, I mean, God's church is victorious already uh, from a spiritual understanding of that. Uh, but even now, I mean, as the church is being judged and it's being purged, you know, separating the sheep from goats or, you know, uh, uh, wolves and sheep's clothing being found out, you know, because there's a lot of, of that stuff happening. You see us moving in that direction to where the understanding of uh, eschatology, last day's understanding, will eventually change to what more of a I, biblical I, view I think as, of it. as the predictions continue to fail. And, and uh-huh. what's being put out there as far as, uh, you know, well, we're going to go have a tribulation, we're going to have a rapture, we're going to have the, you know, all this stuff's going to happen. And as that continues to be put out there and it continues to not happen and continues to fail time after time after time after time, I think people are going to start saying, no, wait a minute, something's not right here. Because, you know, when I was in my 20s, all the signs were there. Now I'm in my 80s and nothing. All those signs didn't do anything, right? And so, yeah, yeah, Still looking for and, signs. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, so you know, all the signs as we understand, you know, we think they're there, but they're really not. But I mean, they were right. they were really there in the first century, heavy duty. But uh, but oh, uh, um, but I think with that, doubt begins to come in, and people begin to hear other things as as. The covenant eschatology mm-hmm. continues to grow, right? And there's two versions of covenant right. eschatology. There's the post-mill and then the full preterist version. Post-mill is partial preterist. Mm-hmm. 
both of them are correct when it comes to um, the tribulation being in the past um, and you know the the, the Olivet discourse of Christ, Matthew twenty four, Luke twenty one, and Mark thirteen being past fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both correct on all of that. They differ on a couple of other little things, but the thing is, is that um, the fact is, if we continue to put our trust in these concepts of prophecy. And say, oh, I don't need to do anything. You know, the Lord's coming back, da 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 da. And we're not be taking his charge to us seriously. We're going to continue to get our high knees kicked by, mm. by the world. Mm-mm. Right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, so there's a lot of issues. I mean, there's so many issues. We can't even do it in this podcast. We'd have to do a series of podcasts on this. And maybe we will. But yeah. because this is yeah. a prominent thing right now, because a lot of people, are looking at this because of circumstances, which by the way, folks, a lot of what you're seeing is not real. Okay. It's just not real. Um, and people are looking at, at what's going on today and they're thinking, Oh man, this is horrible. I mean, things are just going to, 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 to pot. I mean, it's just, everything's just falling apart and we're going to lose everything. No, you're not. You're not. Look, mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. You remember these operations where they were doing mind con- trying to do mind control and the the Operation Mockingbird where they were uh, they were feeding false information to people. That's going on today on a mega scale. Most mm-hmm. of what you're yeah. seeing in the news today, even the the internet sites, is not real. Okay. There's a lot of false flag operations going on. A lot of things are happening. We did, What we need to do as Christians, we need to be patient. We need to wait this out. We need to do what we have to do to take care of our families. And we need to refocus on getting rid of the cheap presentation of the gospel and get back to the whole counsel of God. You know, oh, it's okay if you're this... You know, if you're this category over here, which God hates, as long as you just accept Jesus as your Savior, you'll be fine. That's that's yeah. a cheap gospel. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, your best life now. Yeah, <laughs> understand yeah. a type of understanding. Or you can have right? um, uh, a, a man can have attraction. Your purpose. A man can life. have an attraction for another man. But as long as he doesn't act on it, right, it's okay. Yeah. It's not right. sin. Right. It's not evil. And you can just go along and be a pastor right. and be a Christian, you know, without repenting of this and asking God to help you overcome it. Um, no, that that's not needed. That's a cheap gospel. Mm-hmm. That's a cheap Christianity. The fact is. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. That, that's huge. You know why, brother? Because you're right. Who, whomever... If we make, you know, little of sin, even as believers, even as, as you know, for forgiven believers, that's when we have a big issue. We have problems now and God will take care of us. Right. I mean, that's just one. And then, the, you know, they got the, they got the whole um, woke situation that's invading the church, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, 
critical race theory and all that. You know, uh, all that reparations, churches that are, I mean, yeah. we've covered churches that, you know, I mean, it's in theory, it sounded like a th good thing, paying, you know, debt for some people. But once they labeled it reparation, it, it, that that's it. You know, it lost the credibility of uh, a we, blessing. We lost the results of the gospel. You know, forgiveness, oh, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And 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 mm -hmm. and you don't charge people with something they've never done. You don't you don't falsely accuse yes. people. And that and there's a lot of false accusations flying around in CRT, intersectionality, and all that. So uh, yeah, I mean that's the church has to be purged. And God is so God is purging the church and purifying it. Yes. And look, yes. folks, we're gonna come out on the other side of this and things are Things are going to get better. I am 100% positive of that. Things are going to get better. We're going to have a little bit of a crash. I think we're going to have an economic crash. But it will be a good thing, not a bad thing. Because it, it can help get us mm -hmm. out from under this Federal Reserve system, which has caused us so many problems. All right. We are almost out, aren't we? Almost yeah. out of time. Yeah, we got a little bit left to... So any thoughts in closing, well, brother? with the crash comes a renewal, and we'll have a new economic renewal, and God's going to bless our nation. And you know how I know that? Dobbs versus Jackson, where they overturned Roe versus Wade, that's an indication that the hand of God in judgment against our nation has turned around, and he has placed the hand of grace and mercy upon our nation. That is an indication that he's changing his 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 work toward America, and he's going to start blessing America, not because of anything we did, but because he chose to do it. And he gave us a certain amount of, we've had many years of, of judgment under God, this nation has. May not realize it, but we have. Uh, and mm -hmm. part of that judgment was abortion. Now, we're still fighting that battle on the state level, but the door has been opened to completely wiping it out. And God is going to do it piece by piece, and he's going to begin to bless our country and, I believe, bring revival out of it. Ah, oh, praise the Lord. Folks, stay encouraged. I, uh, wow. I, I, it's great the way you're finishing up, brother. Just hope and, and God's grace and mercy towards us and, and to be encouraged and to uh, think just think and, and, and be reason, you know, sit down and reason with others. And, but, um, what a blessing. Thank you, brother, for blessing us. That was, uh, uh, amazing, uh, what you brought today. And, uh, folks, we pray that this blesses your life as it blesses us. This stuff, I mean, uh, my brother researches, finds things, shares them with me. I read into them and it's, you know, I, it's just like you, I'm caught off guard at times. And sometimes I reread them. Because that renewal of the mind happens, right? And especially when we uh, stand on the truth of the word of God and we see these things clear, man, I tell you what, it's a completely different perspective. It is. Life, and once, once you get an understanding <clears throat> that we are in the kingdom of God now, that everything has been fulfilled and that God is, that Satan has no power anymore. And we, mm -hmm. we grow in that sanctification relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God. Uh, things get better. Things get better. Yes. And uh, so just just remember that, folks. We're not heading toward apocalypse or, or 
uh, you know, a cataclysmic event. We're heading toward a bright future, but we're so blinded by what we've been taught most of our lives in churches and so forth that we can't see it. That is, spell that darkness mm. with light, and uh, and uh, take a fresh look at the scriptures. Stop tossing the timing statements out of scripture, and stop tossing mm. the audience relevancy out just because it doesn't fit your your paradigm, your pre-suppositional pre, uh, paradigm. Uh, you, we can't read into the scripture. We have to allow the scripture to change us and change our thinking and our mind, to renew our mind with truth. So that's important. So anyway, uh, I'm going to tell you something after we close, brother, after we hang up there. But, oh, anyway. sounds good, brother. Well, since we're right there, take it All away. Right. Close so, it out. So I hope this is a blessing to you. We're going to be more consistent now with these podcasts. <laughs> and uh, oh, hope yeah. it's a blessing. Oh, yeah. Remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. And we'll see you next, next podcast. And we'll catch you on that flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, We wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God, and uh, in return they help us as well, and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives, so we want to especially thank them. I also want to thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have, that we continue to be encouraged about. I want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have them than that i hope you continue to enjoy the vortex apologetic podcast that we will talk to you soon more episodes to come your way other than that i'm out we're out god bless you 